0: I forgot it was my turn to be up here. Turn to the person next to you and say, the truth is that God loves you. The truth is that the peace of God is with you. Some of us need to hear that, that the peace of God is with us. Amen? It's a good thing to have peace with God because you don't want the opposite. Peace of God is with you. I'm so thankful for a time together that we get to experience peace with each other. As Christ is in you, it gives me encouragement. and gives me peace just seeing you here together today. It's good, isn't it? God is good. Hey, I want to just reflect for just a second before I go. I want to just say thank you to my brother Paul. My brother Paul is uh, important to me. He didn't. I didn't ask if I could uh, use his name, but I never will in a sermon or any sort of illustration. Um, but this isn't an illustration. This is simply just a shout out. It's, um, it speaks volumes to me that you're here. And uh, I know it's hard to have a, a, your younger brother be the pastor of a church that you're attending. And he is always um, just so encouraging to me. And I I just love you dearly, my brother. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your spirit that teaches us and speaks to us. Your Holy Spirit is invited into our hearts today. Change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name we say together, amen. 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 Well, I hope that you're uh, here uh, anticipating to hear uh, some of the things that God is doing in us. And as we learn uh, from God's word, the sermon series is deal with it. You ready to deal with it? Deal with it it on the front row. Was it front row? Oh, back there. We're dealing with it. We're dealing with uh, emotions and attitudes at the heart, and all the things that is um, can be a little bit of a hard thing to tackle and get a hold of. Is dealing with it. So I hope that you're prepared today in anticipation of dealing with things that God is asking us to deal with. At times, it's it can be challenging, but I'm excited. Because whenever we deal with it, uh, we are able to be set free from the things that need to be set free from. And it's only until we make a conscious choice and a decision to say, I'm going to deal with this inside. I'm going to let God deal with this in me. I'm going to allow him to do this so we can work together in this relationship with God and, and inviting him into the humanity of my heart and my process of thinking and just release me. Give me freedom. And oh my goodness, it's good. It's good. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's good. And it's gonna be good. It's gonna, you can say that too, it's gonna to be good. Because we are dealing with some heart issues and heart surgery is never easy, but it's always necessary when the heart needs to be realigned. Today we're talking about deal with it, dealing with stress, dealing with pressure, dealing with what the world can put upon us, what we can place upon our shoulders, what other people can place upon your shoulders. Scenarios and circumstances that aren't always easy, but we are called to deal with it, not just fly out of control. Jesus, he, man, he dealt, dealt with a lot of pressure. There was a lot of stress, but he was able to deal with it because he knew some principles that we're going to learn today that were valuable as he experienced humanity and took on humanity human form and all the pressures and all the stress that comes with being human we can look to him as an example of how to handle a stressful life and all of us can say that we've had a stressful life at times sometimes more than others and how do we be prepared for this if you're not right now for the future of what that will come or when that will come and how to be proactive about your faith growing in those times of pressure or those pressure points and stress is really around us all the time. And a survey that was taken about stress in America, they found that the biggest two stressors are money at 73 percent and work at 74 percent. So if you know this to be true, man, finances and work can be the two of the biggest stressful things. In fact, um, in marriages, the number one thing for marriages to struggle with is finances. And that's a big part of the stress there. About one-third of people report regularly experiencing extreme levels of stress. Nearly half Americans believe that their stress has increased in the last five years. Is that you? 82% of women and 71% of men have experienced a physical symptom of stress in the last month. Stress can affect all areas of your life and physical. We do know that. 58% 58% that they were more likely to argue with their spouse when stressed. And I said this before, man, I think it would be 100% uh, more likely to, to uh, argue with your spouse. 52% of the employees report that they have considered or made a career decision, such as looking for a new job or leaving a job based on workplace stress. And 54% have fought or argued with someone close to them in the past month, spouse or children. Stress is just a part of life. And the question is, how? Are you going to deal with it? My 15-year-old daughter, um, Joey, she's wonderful, and she's a joy to be around. But sometimes she carries an amount of stress in her life, as I think all teenagers do, right? They're not really sure how to handle the stress. And she was visibly stressed this last week, a few days ago, actually. And I left to the store, and I came back, and, man, she was just better her emotions were good. She was just happy and just calm and pleasant. And I said, what on earth happened? And she just looked at me and said, well, I cried a little bit. That was her release was just getting some of those emotions out and just crying a little bit. She said, it's like a Coke bottle, dad. It's, it's, a, I'm like a Coke bottle that's been all shaken up and I've got all this pressure inside and, and crying just helps me release. I crack that little, bit. Let some of that pressure out. And and Jackson was was there listening to this conversation that we're having in the kitchen. And he's like, yeah, I'm like a Coke bottle too, all shook up and stress for me. is like I take that Coke bottle in the backyard and I shoot it with my BB gun and it explodes. (laughs) And we handle stress differently than the next person, correct? There's different ways to handle stress. Sometimes it's easier or more healthier than others. to to deal with stress and the pressures of life. And the Bible talks a lot about handling the pressures of life. I want to read this short story. This was shared in the women's uh, Bible study on Wednesday. This was a story that was shared with uh, Yvonne McGehee. And the women's Bible study has been fantastic. Katie and I have been uh, doing this in our personal time at home. And you ladies are in for a treat. I mean, this is a great study that you guys are are getting. And it's been a lot of fun bringing it home and and, uh, just... Katie and I have been uh, enjoying this, but this was something that was said on Sunday and it applies for, I mean on Wednesday and it applies today. It's called Cut the Strings. The first police officer reaches under a one-ton bale of hay and attempts to lift lift it off me. Of course, it it doesn't budge. He grabs his flashlight and shines it under the hay into my face. And I blink and he yells over his shoulder to his partner. He's alive. He's alive. Help me move the hay. And even working together, two officers can't move it. Not a fraction of an inch. A thousand pounds each. Of course, they can't move it. Cut the strings, I whisper. My voice is weak and they can't hear me. I'm not going to last much longer. If they will just cut the strings, the bale will break apart and they can drag me out of there. Lift, Joe, lift. Cut the strings, I mumble. Cut the strings. Come on, harder. It's too heavy. We can't lift this. We got to go for help. Hang on, Chad. We'll be right back. I'm alone again in the growing darkness. Wonderful, painless, peaceful, irresistible sleep beckons me. I struggle to remain conscious. One, two, three, four. Where are they? How long does it take for police, fire, and ambulance to arrive? Where's the Coast Guard? Where are the Marines? Where is the old farmer with enough common sense to just cut the strings? The desert air grows chilly and the, and the sky darkens and I grow weaker. Dizziness overcomes me and I begin to drift into the gray space where some, somewhere between the living and the dead. Hope finally arrives and one of the police officers bends down so I can see his face. Hold on. There's a fire engine here. There's six men aboard. I do the math. Two big strong cops and six burly firemen must move a ton of dead weight off me. That's 250 pounds each. No way can they possibly do that. But somehow, miraculously, they do. A couple of neighbors who have just arrived at the scene stand by to catch me and they lower my limp body to the ground where I lay broken in a heap. Why didn't they cut the strings? They could have saved a long torture, a long uh, tortured hour. How heavy is hay? A piece of hay is about a weight of a feather. How many pieces of hay does it take? 2,000 pounds? Lots. That package of 16 bazillion individual pieces of hay wrapped in a gigantic bundle is a crushing weight. But separated, it would have been nothing. I feel bad saying this because it makes me sound ungrateful, and I'm very grateful for the guys that saved my life that night. But there's a point that needs to be made here that isn't there. Is it too big? Is it too overwhelming? Just cut the strings. Just cut the strings. Are you buried under crushing burdens, projects that are too huge, schedules that are too complicated? And maybe you're trying to do too much all at once, trying to do everything instead of doing something. Cut the strings and cut yourself free. Do one thing at a time and get it done. And move out of the strain of doing and into the peace of what Jesus can do through you by just separating yourself, by cutting the strings. Are we allowing Jesus to cut the strings of stress in our life? The weight and the burden of a million things that's crashing down on you. Today, we're going to allow Jesus to just cut the strings to carry the weight and take it away from you today I believe as we move forward we're going to experience a freedom from the pressure the stress the worry the anxiety the unanswered questions that we carry upon ourselves that's crushing us and robbing the joy and the freedom that you have in your life and I believe that we are going to experience this together some of the things that we need to let go of and let God take care of Jesus himself knew That as the crowds pressed and surged all around him, continuously asking for his attention, asking for needs uh, from him, and the weight and the pressure, as Jesus was tempted by the devil, just as you and I are, and constantly under criticism, but in all, Jesus never got depressed or discouraged, and he never burned out or gave up, because he knew The power of letting God cut the strings in his life. How did Jesus do it? And what was Jesus' secret for dealing with the stress? If you're struggling with anxiety or fear or worry and the weight, and you just feel like you can't take it anymore, I believe that Jesus is looking to change that in you today. Jesus says some very important words that I think it's I think overlooked because we hear it so often but it is profound and it's the beginning of the process of being set free from the burden of the weight that Christians can have and possess in their life and it is a temptation from Satan to put upon us the busy schedule that we will pull upon ourselves and let let that be rest upon our shoulders instead of Jesus. In John 8 Jesus reminds us of a very important truth that we're going to hover over for just a second as we intro into practical tools of relieving the stress and the pressure in your life that you have today that you need to let go of. Jesus said when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is the light to a dark world. When Jesus, the light of life, enters into your life, he expels the darkness. And that is a weight and that is a burden that you cannot carry. And sometimes we try and let the, the, the darkness creep back in to carry it on our own. Then Jesus says, I am the light in your life. Eighteen times in the Bible, Jesus identifies himself as who he was by declaring, I am. I am God's son. I am the son of God. I'm the son of man. I am the bread of life. I am the door. I am the wellspring of life. Eighteen times Jesus declares who he is. And this is the first secret into relieving stress. Because if Jesus had to remind himself and others who he was, the stress would Would pull upon his humanity. And he wouldn't be able to accomplish a goal. That was set before him in advance by the father. And Jesus in all of his humanity. Teaches an example to you and I. When stress becomes weight. and Too much for us to handle. There's something that you need to do. That's the first tactic. To alleviating, alleviating the pressure. That Satan will place upon your shoulders. Day in and day out. Robbing you from a peaceful night's sleep. That all that care and worry that creates in your mind that doesn't belong there. You need to remind yourself of who you are. That's the first thing. Who am I that you need to ask that question every single day? Because when you answer the question of who am I? You begin to really look at who are you? Are you the the job title that you carry at work? I'll give you the answer if you don't know it. You're not that. It's not the bank account that you are acquiring in your savings or your retirement. It's not that when you strip everything away like Job and you have nothing left, you realize who you are. You are in God's hands. You are in His mercy. And you are loved and chosen by God. And if I can just hover that in your brain just for a moment. And the words begin to penetrate inside your thoughts and inside your hearts. As if God is speaking this to you right now. You are loved and you are chosen. The God who when you look outside and you see that ball, that sun that looks so magnificent in that smoky air. And it catches you by amazement because you can see the rays and you can see how amazing that sun looks. And that's just a dot in the universe that you can't see in the naked eye in the whole expanse of the creation of the universe. It is that God who has orchestrated every detail of life into your DNA who chose you and has chosen his love over you. And if every day we begin to remind ourselves and choose not to forget that the stress begins to just fade away those things that seem so important for you to tackle and to handle begins to fade away because you're reminded of what you really are who you are and that nothing can take God's forgiveness and God's love for you away from you there is no person that can take that identity away from you No boss, no government, nothing can take your identity away. And when we choose to live into a deeper sense of your identity, there's a peace of God that begins to swell up inside of you. And you begin to have the right frame of thinking in your day. Correct? You are able to tackle and handle the stress because you know that that's not the most important thing in your life. And that is not the most important thing that identifies you. And it's the busyness that distracts us. It's the busyness that distracts you. It's the businessman who's driving himself just too hard, who wants to be superhuman to accomplish more in one day than th- that it is humanly possible and so that he could be a success later on down the road. It's the super mom who has, everything, has to have everything perfect, the house, the car, the kids, the job, the marriage, and she feels the pressure to prove that she's flawless and that nothing bothers her. It's easy to forget our identity of who we are. You're more than this. You're more than that. You're God's chosen. God's God's love is for you. You've been forgiven. You have peace with God, which is such an amazing identity that we can carry. Waking up in the morning saying, I've got peace with God. And you, you don't just have everything. You are everything to God. That's who you are. And when you know who you are, the stress begins to phish, let out. And when you know who you are, you know where you need to go next. There's a lot of there's a lot of lost people in the world because they just don't know where they're where they're at. They just don't. There's a lot of people who just don't have direction in their life. They think they do, but it's clear. They're hurting and broken, the striving for a direction in their life because they don't know where they're at in this world. Truly. When we have this perspective of who we are, where we're at, God will place a new set of priorities in your heart. And all those things, all those busyness, all the, the things that need to be taken care of, all the things that are creating stress and anxiety, when you put God as a focus on your first thing that you do, all these other things will be added unto you. So, what do we do on a biblical principle for relieving, relieving stress? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. Then some of these things will be added to you. It's an amazing thing that he says. It's a promise. It's a promise from God. All of these things will be added unto you. All of them. All the things that's carrying weight. All the pressures. All the burden. You give that burden over to me. And you you seek me first. I will provide the answers that need to fall into place. You just worry about what's most important in your life. And the stress and the worry. You watch that fade away. And you watch it line out perfectly. And you trust in God. And you do what you can. In the moments with God. You say, God, I want to know what my priorities. My priorities are you. Lord, help me in my My list of what needs to be be there for me to pursue this in a healthy way, emotional way, mental way, spiritual way. But God, you're number one. I'm seeking you first. When you know who you are, you know where you're going to go. John 8, Jesus said, I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. He's clear. He's direct. Do you know who you are? Do you know where you're going? Do you know what you need to accomplish? That's number two. What am I trying to accomplish? When you know what your goal is, you know who you are, you know where you need to go. The worst thing in the world is being lost. Katie and I, we took the family to Oregon and had a family wedding. Then we went all the way down to, uh, drove 101 over to I-5 and and we were in the mountains of the Sierra Nevadas and trying to get to the mineral camp, which was an amazing experience to say the least, but our GPS lost us. They couldn't siri couldn't tell me how to get to where i was going and it was frustrating at at one o'clock in the morning because it's a little dirt road that i need to turn off but it couldn't tell me where the dirt road It, it knew where the dirt road was but it didn't know where i was so it couldn't tell us where to turn It had to search and search, and I had to drive back up the mountain so I could have that plan. And it found us and said, okay, you need to go 2.5 miles, turn left. It couldn't say that until it knew where we were. Some of us are looking for God's answers, looking for God's direction. But he's speaking to you right now, where are you at? I will take you where you want to go, where you desire to go, but you first have to let me show you where you're at. And then when you know where you're at, God will show you what you're going to accomplish each day. And that's a goal of ours that we should wake up every single morning and say, God, what am I here to accomplish? Because I think that we view the Christian life as something as this expanse of life. And it's God is in intermixed somehow just because the faith is sprinkled through everything that I have. But I think that God is more specific for your life. And he says, I've got detailed plans and I've got you as a witness and I've got your hands and your feet to be used every single day. And sometimes we forget that God is actually calling us today, not Monday, but Sunday as we go home. Every conversation, everything that you see, everything that you do, every every. Inter- interaction that you have with someone else for perhaps the interaction that you have with god today there's a purpose there's a plan there's a preparation of what god's going to reveal in you for tomorrow what are we going to do today what are we going to accomplish where are we going to go and here's a secret to life this is just the practical side of preaching and stress and anxiety and worry There's two choices that we have every single day. You're either going to live off stress or you're going to live off of priorities. You're going to live off pressure or you're going to live off priorities. Your priorities need to be your priorities. Too many times we let other people's priorities pressure us into doing what they want. Now, I'm not... Talking about being insubordinate at work, I'm talking about a healthy boundaries in our lives. A lot of us have stress because there's no boundaries, and there's nothing there to say, "Okay, I've got a priority. A prioritize my life." Because if you don't prioritize, someone else will. All of a sudden, your life will be gauged by other people's time clock, other people's schedule, other other people's appointments and other people's times, and then all of a sudden you begin to feel like you are living up to other people's expectations instead of God's expectation. You wonder how you got there? It's because there wasn't a daily priority of putting God first, and then you know where where to go from there. You put a priority of saying, I need some quiet time with God at 4 30 p.m. tomorrow. Guess what? That appointment that somebody wants to schedule with you, and you say, I'm sorry, I've already got a scheduled appointment at 4 30 to 5 30. And there becomes a priority of your life that begins to shift. Now, it doesn't have to be an hour, but you see the point that I'm making. Where's our goal? Where's our priorities? Is it rest? Is it family time? Jesus time. I'll give you an example just that hits close to home. Our church has priorities. If we don't have priority as as New Life Northview and a goal and agenda, we're going to be spread half a dozen ways out this way and never on one way. You can see in our, our just our communities, we have many different wonderful Christian churches, but there are different churches with different purposes, and that's healthy. We have a goal and we have a vision. Number one, we need to love this community as Jesus already loves them. He has eyes for them that are probably greater than the eyes that we have to reach them. He sees them as people who are hurting and broken, not as people who are sinful, people who don't need to be talked, that we don't need to talk to. There are people who are out there that Jesus has broken heart for. God has been calling them for years. There's a grandma out there that has just been on her knees for 30 years praying for her grandson to come home to the Lord. And they're just right outside those church walls. And we need to love that person as Jesus already loves them. And as a church, our responsibility is to go and make Jesus' love known to them. That's why the the movies at the park is just an extension of love to them. And then the extension of our open doors is saying, Jesus, we want to love every single person the way that you already love them. Because you never know what, what somebody is coming with, what kind of baggage, what kind of hurts and pains that they may be coming through. And it's the scariest thing in the world to enter into a church because they've been hurt they've been burned by people and they view Christians or they view church by the relationship that they had with a Christian or a church in the past. Or perhaps there's somebody who's coming through that church. They're broken hearted hearted and they don't know where to turn this is their last resort. And everything that they've seen on TV, read in the newspaper and seen on the radio and internet. That Christians are just a bad thing. Stay around. But they're taking a step of faith and they're coming here and they're extremely vulnerable and guarded. How are we going to receive them? If we don't have a mission and a focus to love people and we don't have everything, everything focused on that point, we're going to lose because we're going to get sidetracked over here, over here, over here, over here, over here. And we, we can't do it all. And priorities, they protect our lives. They protect us from the pressure Of what other people say is important. We look at what God is saying is important for us. And what are we trying to accomplish? What's the goal? What's your priorities? And your priorities are defined. And you know what they are. You know what God is is asking for you. You know what you want to set aside for God. Then the pressure and the stress becomes less. Less worry. Less anxiety. I feel like I'm preaching too fast. I'll slow it down. Luke chapter 4. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him. and, And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, "I must preach the good news to the kingdom of God, to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent." And he kept preaching to the synagogues of Judea. You see, they, want, they had good intentions. Jesus, we want to keep you here. We don't want to lose you. You got so many amazing things to talk about, with God. Where our minds are being blown by what God's God's character and nature really is. Please stay here with me. And Jesus responds, "said I've got a bigger goal, a bigger accomplishment. You have the tools that you need to experience God more and grow in that and be developed in that. I, there's other places that need to hear this." Ref- refreshing news. You see, the good things, the good intentions, those good things that you have in your life are, are a distraction to the best things you need to be doing. Jesus had the best things that he needed to go forward with and preach to other people who hadn't heard the message that they heard. Yes, it was good. Yes, it would have been great. Yes, it would have been beneficial, but it wasn't the best thing for Jesus to do. He knew who he was. He knew what his job was about and what was what was to be accomplished. And he was persistent, he was determined, just like you and I have to be with our goals, with what God is speaking to us. Spiritual goals, keeping them focused on one thing. Accomplish a bigger goal that was still ahead, at work that needed to be done. This is you and I, this is our church. We give our attention first. Those meetings at work won't carry the stress. We give our attention to God first. Our home life will resound in peace. We accomplish greater work in our life when we're honoring God with our priority. Know who you are. Know where you're going. Know what you want to accomplish. Number three, what's my limits? Some of us are just doing way too much. Just doing too much. Can I release you? You're doing too much? It's okay. You don't have to do it all. To carry the identity that you have worth or value. God doesn't place his value on you by how much you do, as the world will view you, as though your job will see that as. God sees you with a different perspective and maybe eliminating some of those, all of those things that are outside of your limits, you're just at that breaking point. Begin to focus and redirect on the things that are the most important in your life. Some of us need to stop. I want to I speak this into your life. Just stop. Stop trying to do it all by yourself. It's OK. One of the reasons why you're stressed and maybe on the brink of depression is because you feel that it, it's just dependent upon you. Nobody else can do it better than you. You're the one of the answers. You know how to do it right. And you try to hand this off, it's just not going to work. It's all on your shoulders. I'm going to stop you right there and just say it's not. Release that. You say, I've got it all. The responsibility is mine. And that's where the the, the, the stress and the tension comes from. When we begin, it all depends upon us. Release. We don't hear Jesus saying this. When he went into ministry, he didn't say Peter, James, John, Matthew, I don't need you. I've got this. I'm the only one who can do it the way that it needs to be done. You guys keep messing it up. I'm the best one for the job. I've got all the answers. I don't need you. We don't see that in model of Jesus's ministry. Why do we take that model and place it upon our our shoulders saying that we're the only ones with the answer that can handle and take it all? Jesus says, I want to do ministry with other people. I want to do life with with these people. I want to share the responsibility. I want to hand this over. I want to give this over. After three years, these 12 imperfect, flawed men are going to go carry the gospel out. Humans who have complete failures at their fingertips. And in their past. But he trusts. And he says we can do this together. There's some things that we need to stop doing. So that we can. Do more. Together we can do more. And when we allow each other. To carry one another's burdens. The stress begins. To fade. And as we look at Jesus' life. No matter how busy he was, no matter how much pressure and how much stress was there, there was always something that was a key element in relieving the stress and the pressure. And it's obvious, but it's extremely important. I think it's forgotten. It's forgotten in a lot of our lives. We know it. and Maybe it's not the word forgotten. Maybe it's just neglected. But you can't miss out on the strength that Jesus had when he spent time with the Father. The pressure of life was too much for him at times. He got in the boat, went to the other side, tried to get away from the crowds because he knew he needed to be strengthened. The last area of your life is the most important. Answer the question, who is your source? Who is my source? I'll tell you what happens. Our day-to-day life is so busy. We get so clamored up with everything going on. And we have this pressure. I'm doing all this. I'm doing, 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 doing. We don't release any of that. We feel it building up. We run to the calendar and say, I need a vacation. When can I plan that next, next time away? We get so busy. We say, we need a date night. Where's that? A babysitter. We need to go out and repair our marriage. The finances are crushing in. We say... Call the boss up, I need more hours. Give me the overtime. We begin to, to, to start filling up that peace that we don't have, that rest that we need with the with the outside sources. And yes, the vacation may be necessary. Yes, that time away is necessary, the date night is necessary, the 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 maybe that extra financial income is necessary, but that's only the temporary of what's happening in the underneath the underlying the deeply rooted area of your life. We're searching for rest. Where rest only lives when peace comes. You see, when you go on vacation, you'll find rest, but not necessarily peace. You see, you'll come back rested, but you may not come back with a peaceful heart. You may have that extra money, and you may have rest in that, but there's no peace there. And the reason is because sometimes I think that peace and rest is confused. We've confused the two to, to, to mean the same thing for us, that, that we've determined that rest and peace mean exactly the same, and they don't. You see, you could be right in the middle of turmoil and chaos, and you could, you could find peace in the middle of that, because God grants you something that is greater than rest, and you can't find peace all the time uh, from rest, but you can find rest every time when you search out peace. And peace is outside of your circumstances, outside of that burden, because then God takes that burden from you and gives you the antonyms from stress, worry, anxiety, and gives you peace that does not make sense to the world, right? It gives you something that surpasses the understanding of the world. And they come to you and say, I don't even know how you're making it through. You've got so much going on. And you don't know either. The only thing that you could say is there's an answer and his name's God. I should be stressed out, but I'm just comfortable. I see the scenario that's being played out in front of me. But God's just given me a peace. I should be straight. You ever been there? I know. And it's healthy and it's good. In the middle of the storm, you can find rest. How? Through the Prince of Peace that's in the boat with you. That's how it works. And it's through prayer that we seek God. Jesus, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. When they found him, they exclaimed, everyone's looking for you. I can only imagine Jesus' response is like, duh, that's why I'm here. I didn't tell you where I was going because I need a break. And I need to find peace and God the Father is going to fill me up and strengthen me so I can do the ministry and all those things that are pressing upon me with a good health mental health emotional health he was human he needed to be built up but he did that through prayer i want to challenge you today being strengthened through god through prayer does not mean just uttering out prayer words during your busy work schedule or busy life and i know that there is some fruit of of driving to work and in the middle of, of, of of chaos on the freeway you find peace and that's good but i want to challenge you to something deeper in Jesus' example, he went away from all of that. He wasn't praying to God while in the middle of, of, of all the crowds surrounding him with all the people. We need to get away. And I want to speak this to you as an affirmation and as a reminder of God speaking into your mind and to your heart. He sees you and He sees your desire. To be close and connected with God like it was before. And maybe you're just a little bit confused on why God isn't close like he used to be. And perhaps it's just a result because we have neglected spending time with God in prayer and getting away. You need to get away. And you may be thinking, I don't have the hour or two hours that I hear about or I read about. These profound moments that God speaks in those moments. But maybe, just maybe, if you just sit down and begin to just to cry out to God in your own way. In your own way. Don't worry about what your words are saying. Don't worry about your actions or even your posture. Let your heart be your posture. Let your heart cry out. Whatever that may look like, God will speak to you. And it may take only a minute. It may take 5 minutes, may take 10 minutes, it may take an hour. But the question is, when I hear people say, I don't know how long to pray for in scenarios like this, this is when you know when to stop, is when you sense the peace of God on your life. Just pray and let God intervene in your life. And when He intervenes in your life, your heart, your perspective, your attitude, everything else like that will fall into place because you're doing a biblical act and that's seeking God first. And everything will be added to you, not taken away. This is how God works a miracle. But are we willing to go to the miracle worker? Or are we just calling upon a miracle and not actually seeking the relationship that Jesus has for you? Spend time in prayer. God will speak. He will move. He will remove. He will place a priority and he will give you a direction and he will give you what you want to accomplish. And how you know what will, you will want to accomplish is that God will begin to stir into your heart a different set of priorities that you thought was important and remove that priority out of your life and begin to see a priority that is different with the spiritual eyes, that the Holy Spirit comes in and empowers you to see something different that you never saw was there, but was there the whole time and all of a sudden begin to see God working your life and moving you into a direction that you never thought was an interest to you but because God is now speaking something into you you become more in line with the desires of God's heart when your desires are for God's heart, He grants you the desires of your heart because it's lined up with his heart this is how it works let's stand together practical tools who am I settle it, know who you are you're a child of God, don't leave that don't let Satan take that from you in your memory You were put here for a purpose. You have a reason for our life, and it's okay to be you. And don't pretend to be like someone else or work for someone else. What are you trying to accomplish? Know who you're trying to please. You're trying to please one person only. Well, that's God. You're trying to please God. That's it. If you don't know your goal, you don't know your destination, what you're trying to accomplish, number one, we're here to please God. Place your focus on God. It will simplify your life. It will simplify. It will eliminate the things that need to be eliminated. Put your focus there. Set your goals towards God. Move towards Him and prioritize. And He will relieve the pressures of everything else. The things that seem to be important will no longer be important. Three, what are your limits? Stop doing the things that you, you don't need to be doing. Stop. Cut it off. Redirect, refocus, let God birth inside of you the, the, this new set of, of, of boundaries in your life that allow him to be in part of every, every part of your life and, and the busyness doesn't crowd him out and that you can bring more people to God. That's a goal. and What is your source? Who is your source? It's not on things. It's not in this world. It's out of this world. It's God. He's your source. He will strengthen you when you seek him. You will find him. That's a promise from God. You just call out to him in any way that you can in your moments with him. Carve time away. I can't emphasize that enough. We have got to be Christians who are serious about a relationship with God. If we're only serious about the outcome or the result of having a relationship with God, we're not serious about it, about God himself in a relationship. We're just serious about what God can do for us. Let's be serious about who God is to us. The identity that you carry, the power that you have, the goals that you are set here for. You have a plan and a purpose. Get a reality in that. And in the stress and the pressure, I want to give you this promise that's straight from Jesus himself and giving you a refreshing perspective today that will set you free. It will release you. It will give you a new mindset. And tomorrow you're going to live in a freedom that you do not have, that you did not have this week. And this next week, this upcoming week, is going to be a release for you. You're going to live in a power that is greater than what we've been living in in the past. Matthew... Says these words, or Jesus says these words in Matthew. Are you weary? I want you to listen to this. I want God to speak to you. This is not my words. I want you to hear this. These are God's words speaking to you. Are you weary? Answer that. Are you weary and carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. That invitation. He's pleading and calling come to me. I'm going to refresh your life. For I'm I'm your oasis. I'm your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways. And you'll discover that I'm gentle and humble and easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. A rest that is outside Of a vacation. A rest that we all need. Every single one of us need a rest. In his peace. In his peace. I want to pray for you as we close. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands because I think we're all in the same boat. There's stress and there's pressure all around us. I'm not going to ignore that you're not facing stress of some kind. Every single one of us. Our kids are facing stress and pressure. Here's what I want us to do. We're going to release this. We're not going to let that that bazillion things that we have to do crush us. We're going to redirect. We're going to refocus. And we're going to set our eyes on Christ. And we're going to seek Him first. That you're doing today, Sunday in the morning. First day of the week. This week is going to be great because your priorities are right. And God will, will bless you in a new way. Let's close our eyes and let's say this prayer together. I'm going to pray over you. I feel like God is speaking to all of us today. Let your hearts be open to it, to what you've heard. It's okay to let them do it. It's scary to let go because that means that you don't have control, that you're giving up control. Give that up. And He will produce in you the things that you have desired and wanted. That's trusting in Him. That's leaning upon Him. And not upon your understanding of the situation scenario in your life. God, we need your help. We need your strength in this area. Take away the pressures of what Satan is trying to pile upon us. To feel the weight and the burden, to push out joy and peace and, and, the, and the the good things that you have for us, God, that you already provided. Help us, God, to, with open arms to just drop it and to embrace your power and control in our lives. Jesus, do a work that only you can do. Release us from the pressure, release us from the stress and the anxiety. Lord Jesus. You do the miracle of heart surgery inside of us. Prepare us for the move that you have next. Lord, we recognize right here, right now, that we're weak without you. Even though we might have the answers, God, we might think we've got it together. We don't. And we recognize that you are our goal. Every day we place you in front of us, in our minds. Every single person standing in here, Lord God, we make a declaration that today we will think about you. We'll put you first in our our thinking. Tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Lord, quicken our hearts and our minds through the power of your Holy Spirit to think upon you first and not last. Bless us with your power. In Jesus' name we say together, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Live in the power of His peace and you will find rest. And the pressure and the anxiety will flee. It will run. In Jesus' name, you are dismissed. In.